episode 13, late night episode. Got my brother on the line, Kevin, and we're going to sit down tonight. Kids asleep. I want to talk about this uh, little boosy situation that has got everybody up in arms. And uh, I want to dive into that because it's a, it's a lot to take in with all of that. And I see all the memes and people arguing and going back and forth between Boosie and D-Wade. To me, I don't, I honestly don't see the comparison when it comes down to what Boosie actually is saying that he had done for his son. So I got my brother in here. We're going to talk about it for a little while. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? Not much. I'm coming off a seven straight work week, trying to wind down. Uh, Okay, okay. I ain't going to keep you on here too long, then. It's late Saturday night. I'm feeling good. So, but anywho, let's talk about this boosy stuff, man. Weigh in. Uh, what's your What's your true opinion on it? Like, we not sugarcoating nothing. Honestly, I mean, as a parent, I understand the uproar about it, being that I would never expose my own son to nothing like that. But also being the uh, being exposed to uh, sexual material and losing my virginity at age 14, I wouldn't be opposed to it if I was Boosie's son. I'd actually think it would be pretty damn cool. So you think it would be cool that, that you come home one day or you at the house, and we already know what kind of parties Boosie throwing because this whole quarantine, he's been showing out. He's been showing out. So we already know what, what kind of parties and stuff that he's he's throwing at his house. And quite naturally, he's saying that his kids are there and at a certain amount of whatever time. What do you say? Eight o'clock, nine o'clock? Nine o'clock. They got to go upstairs. The kids got to go upstairs. So they see what's coming in and out. I'm pretty sure they hear what's going on or whatever. Everybody got social media these days. So they they understand it. So you saying that that's that's pretty cool. Like you would think that that's cool that, that your pop's put you in on some of the activities that he got going on. I'm saying for me personally, I would personally think it's cool being that I was having sex at an early age. It, I was interested in it at an early age. So therefore me being at that age, I'd be down for it. Even, Everybody's not exposed at that age. Like I, I, that's, I understand it, but then at the same time, it's like, I'm trying to put myself in those shoes. Like at 13, like we, like his son is 16 now. And he came out like two or three years ago and said this. So, so you talking about at the earliest, like you said, 13 or 14 years old, I'm just going to keep it all the way. 100. I was, I was scared. I mean, of course I had interest in girls and we was kissing and doing this and doing that. But when it came down to actual sexual activities, that's where I was the one that was pushing back and I'm going to lose some cool points for, for saying all of this, but it's just like, that's just me being honest. Like I said, I ain't, I ain't holding nothing back. I'm married. So I ain't ashamed of that. A lot of opportunities presented itself to me when I was 13 and 14. And some of those was from older chicks, juniors and seniors in high school. I'm in junior high and I would be sitting there telling you a lie if I, but I didn't say I was nervous, scared, and this and that. So I guess to each its own. But the the kickback from the public is how do we know that the that the child really wanted to participate in those kind of activities? 
I would think I would think that they would, being that who their father is, and we know what type of stuff is coming around. Now he said in the Breakfast Club interview because he asked Angela Yee, "Does she want to come to the party?" She said, "Yeah, but we say I'll stop through." We was like, "Well, Angela, I'm telling you now, you come to the party, you got to take your titties out." Everybody, he said, even if my auntie come, my auntie got to take her titties out. That's that's the rules at the party. <laughs> so being these kids are seeing all these women coming in, coming out, ain't no telling what they seeing. So I would think that they interest man got peaked seeing that type of stuff, you know? So not to get too sidetracked, but this is something that also has been weighing on on, on, on my mind. And you kind of alluded to it just now. But it's like, do you not think that that is a problem with our culture in its own self? Like, okay, I understand your music lyrics. I understand your image and how the videos are portrayed and this and that. But do you necessarily have to bring that home and bring that around your family? Like, where where do you draw the line at? Is he trying to maintain an image, or is that just literally who he is? That nigga from Louisiana. They crazy. <laughs> you down there in the dirty south, down there in Texas. You're a Texas boy now. So I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But it's just like, I don't know, man. It's like, for me personally, if I was a famous entertainer, athlete, movie star, whatever, we all know the the backgrounds that, that we come from. And I thought the goal was always to do better than what you had to experience. It's unfortunate that a lot of African-American kids grow up in poverty, grow up seeing things that a child shouldn't see, drug abuse, violence, et cetera, et cetera. But if you ever get the opportunity to make it out, then does the goal not become to show your children opposite of what you saw so they don't have to go through and repeat that cycle over and over and over again. Wasn't Boosie a dope boy before the music? I mean that that's what the that's what all the rappers are, <laughs> so to speak. But what I'm saying is so I mean he he got out of poverty before he made it big and you know what I'm saying? So um, it wasn't no the music wasn't a oh I made it, I gotta maintain an image. He was already getting chewed up for a piece of crack, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, again, and that's why I'm saying, like, the goal in life is once you are well off and then you start introducing kids into this world, like, is the goal not to show them a different lifestyle than what you had to go through? And that way, they're not... I don't want to use the word poisoned because even rich people... <laughs> have you know what I'm saying high sexual whatever you know what I'm saying there ain't there ain't no limit to who can have a high sex drive and who ain't that ain't measured by rich or poor so I ain't gonna be that close-minded to just say you know poison kids minds with sexual thoughts because if you really want to be honest <laughs> the porn industry is a billion dollar industry you know what I'm saying so whether they get it from Boosie or whether they go to somebody's house or Hell, porn is free on your phone. You know what I'm saying? Or in the in the nineties, porn is free if you steal it from the video store. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so we hey, we know you know about that. I ain't gonna disclose your personal life. 
if you don't want to disclose it. Again, I I said I said no no holes bar. It's just conversation. But like you you said it yourself. You was introduced to sex at an early age, and you also just confirmed that you was watching uh pornographic videos at an early age. So one can put the two together and be like, you you punched in on those hormones at an early age. So now your brain is is stimulated by those images and you want to go out and, and recreate that. But I think that that's different than your daddy <laughs> introducing you to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what I'm saying is he may not, it may have been the boys. Like he, I think he has an open relationship with his kids and him bringing all them women. So I'm, I'm by positive. They may have made comments. So he asked them what you, you know what I'm saying? Bro. I don't think he had the kids sitting in the room like, here, here's some pussy. You hear you gonna get your dicks up, son. Come on, son. Come get your dicks up for a thousand dollars. I think, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, what you think, Junior? And he like, yeah. And that's what I'm saying is like, is that you can almost put that in the category of, of peer pressure, man. Or every every 13-year-old from the uh, Louisiana is just savage life. Trill life. I, I don't know, dog. I don't know. What about that, that, that image you shared, though? What? That's, that's the one where, where America said that he 12 and he can make his decision. Well, wait, why can't Lucy 12-year-old make his decision? I'm, I'm glad you said that. And to elaborate on that, uh, a friend of mine on Facebook today shared a meme, and the meme said, uh, if Boosie's son is old enough to say that he wants to get fellatio, then, you know what? Hold on, because I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. It said... Go ahead and pull it out then. So, 12 isn't old enough for a boy to get his dick sucked. But twelve is old enough for a boy to decide he wants to suck dick. Don't bash Boosie without bashing D Wade. That's all I'm saying. So that was the meme that I saw today. And again, I apologize for the language. I know a lot of it is vulgar or whatever, but again, it's it's a strong topic because a lot of people are looking at it in regards to that's that's child rape, that's child molestation, or that shows that Boosie is an unfit parent when you introducing your children to sexual activities. And if that's the case, he's probably been around drug and alcohol usage and everything else. But that in its own self, all kids, I ain't gonna say all kids, forgive me, but a large portion of kids have seen that in their lifetime. Somebody in their family doing drugs or strung out or alcoholic or whatever. So from that standpoint, I get it. But the outrage has been comparing Boosie to D-Wade. And when I saw that meme, I, in my opinion, I think that's that's far from the truth because nothing about the D-Wade situation was sexual. If his son just wasn't comfortable in his own body or felt like he wanted to identify as a girl, that's no indication that she's a homosexual or she, you know what I'm saying? Like those things never came out. So how do you automatically correlate that to sex? So you're saying it's a, it's a possibility that this young man or young woman 
Now, may still like girls, but just like being dressed up or having, because he wants the surgery too, right? Don't I mistake? They said that they were in the conversation of having the surgery. Yeah. So you're saying that it's possibilities that he would still like, or she would still like girls, even though, because they never disclose, or is he too young to have a sexual identity at 12? So that's what I'm saying. It's like, at that point, you're just making an assumption because the child wants to identify as a girl. We've never heard Caitlyn Jenner say that she's attracted to men. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where my pushback was. It's like, our community was so upset with D Wade and how he's handling the situation to where since Boosie was outspoken and gave his opinion on it and his whole justification for it is I'd, I'd rather get my son some, some, you know what, just to make sure he ain't trying to go down that road. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like our community stands behind that because that's one of our fears. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I, you can't put the two together. In my opinion, that's apples and oranges. You can't just assume that D-Way's child wants to, you know what I'm saying? What are you going to do with them girl parts? That's that's for the world. To, uh, it ain't none of our business, I guess. But that's, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying. You want them, what you going to do with them? You and want that, them for and that's where it becomes a, a uncomfortable conversation because it's like, no matter what you say or do, you, you're not going to please everybody. You're not going to please everybody. My my personal kickback with the whole Boosie thing is the the double standard. It's like, as a man, you you have a son. I have a son. Of course, we're, hey, I'm, I'm rooting for you, son. You know what I'm saying? Knock it out the park. We we applaud that, but guess what? We also have daughters. Now imagine if if my wife brought in a grown man and introduced my daughters to a grown man. We ain't gonna have that same reception. We gonna strain your wife up. I can't hear you. I said we gonna strain your wife up and beat the hell out of her. So that's what I'm saying. Is like, is that not what's wrong with society? Because uh, with hot girl summer going on. It's a lot of women that, that you know what, I'm going to put my daughter out there. I'm going to teach her the game, teach her the ropes. What's the difference? Uh, that one got a kid swinging on the stripper pole. <laughs> but, like, real talk, like, what what would be the difference? It's, it's a double standard. I mean, I would be more receptive to uh, my son versus my daughter. But, that, but, but that's where I'm getting at is, like, why are we even being receptive? Like, that in its own self is just ludicrous to think about. And then you got to think about all the stereotypes that come along with our community as it is. All we are known for, I ain't gonna say all we're known for, that's wrong. So before I even let it come out of my mouth, let me take that back. The outside world oftentimes looks at us as having a a bunch of kids and not taking care of them and (laughs) African-American men is just trying to hump like wild animals and do this and do that. Like that stereotype has always followed us going all the way back to slavery. Hell. So we just feed into that. You know what I'm saying? Like we just pass it down. And that's where I'm looking at the Boosie situation as you got plenty of money to show your kids a totally different lifestyle than you were accustomed to. 
but yet you choose to keep them in that in that circle, bro. Like, why? Who would want to do that? One, he drunk and high every day, all day. He ain't in his right mind. <laughs> one. So that's what and I'm like, saying. I understand exactly what you're saying, and the Lord knows that's why He ain't gave me no bunch of money. Because I mean, my kids would not be exposed to it, but when they go to bed, they gonna hear it. <laughs> At least you're being honest, because in seven minutes it's gonna be Sunday. So the Lord gonna know if you're lying, and don't don't have no lightning hitting my podcast <laughs> because you wanna lie. I still got Ah, that's right, that's right. You on Central Time? Well, I ain't gonna tell no lies. I got seven minutes to to get all the get all the negativity out because once it hit twelve, we gotta we gotta turn it over to the Lord. Look, you shuffling papers and stuff over, man. Say that again. What? You got a what? I said I got a reputation of, of liking and enjoying the Lakers growing up. And it ain't 12 o'clock it, yet. You can keep it all the way trill. It, uh, it took a long, long, long time before I done slowed my roll down. But like I said, anything I done, it was kids was put to bed. I was nowhere around. There was nowhere to see it. It wasn't exposed or put in their face. So we done kind of got, I ain't gonna say we kind of got off topic, but I'm going to take it off topic because that's, that's a, that's a question. And I'm going to put you on the spot. You can choose to answer it or you can choose not to answer it. What is the excitement? Like, what is, what is the thrill that you're seeking to where it's like you, you willing to put your kids to bed and sneak out the house so you can go out and, and get your rocks off and, Come back in and lay down and pretend like it never happened. And then when your kids wake up, it's good morning, daddy. You want some pancakes? Like what what are you what are you seeking? When you it's kinda like a drug, being an alcoholic or being dependent on a drug, you like feed into that that attention that you get. And it's like um and it's like a high. That's and fair. the crazy part is Weezy said in one of his songs, soon as he busts, he come back to reality. You come back to your senses. That high is gone. It's over. But it's it's like an adrenaline rush. Okay. More like you probably need some counseling. <laughs> probably ain't the word. Probably is definitely not the word. Because like it's, it's just a big rush. Like you first got our, got wheels, you leave ain't nothing in Clinton. Can't do nothing in Clinton. <laughs> so you go out of town. And then you meet somebody or whatever, and then next thing you know, you got six others trying to holler at you. You're like, damn. So then you go to another town, and it's the same process. And I think, like, in those small towns like that, they tired of seeing Bill and, and Tom and Jaquan. It's a new face. So everybody wants all- something new. Right. It, it makes sense. It does. And you, you got a point. Coming from where we come from, small town, we kin to everybody. So everywhere you look is family. So when you when you go out of town, you know what I'm saying? Like you it's a chase. You know what I'm saying? Like you trying to conquer something. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, what can I conquer? <laughs> and I know that's a bad word to use, but that's literally like what it is. Like 
even if you go back in history and look at how the Romans and all that, you know what I'm saying? Like they just went from place to place conquering land. You know what I'm saying? And when you conquered that land, you left your flag there. You, you left your mark. And that's how you're going to be remembered <laughs> throughout time and throughout history. Like, all right, I, I know who he is. He done come through here and ran through the town <laughs> and left his mark. So I, I guess, and hopefully the fellas don't get mad at me when they listen to this. I ain't trying to give away too many secrets or or uh, blueprints to what's going on out here in our, our mindsets. But it's just like... But you feel bad, though, when you get older. Was you, was you with... Uh... You was with us in Paducah, right? Last about summer? Yeah. And that girl that knew me, <laughs> 20 years later, I ain't got no clue who this woman is, but she knew who I was. Knew my knew my last name. <laughs> I ain't lived in Kentucky in 20 years. Emperor Kelf. <laughs> this woman start calling you Emperor Kelf. And it's just like, I was just like literally floored. I was like, you don't know. Yeah, you Kevin Hart? You from, excuse me? Em- yeah, I know you. Emperor Kelv. So you leaving your mark and you got to go across the country and, and leave a trail. It's just, I don't know, man. It's like, again, I already said it earlier. It's like, I was just, I was just wired different. I, like that, that wasn't nothing that I necessarily had on my mind. So I wasn't out there like that. Now, granted, when I moved away and like you said, you know what I'm saying? You sitting there like, wait a minute, you know, people are actually attracted to me like people are actually approaching me and you do kind of feed off of it but then it's like is it worth it and we all done been through some situations where you got a question is it worth it and then once i learned that it ain't worth it i was like nah like i ain't no i ain't even gonna go down that road but that's why i said we done kind of got sidetracked and before we let all the cats out the bag we're gonna get back on boozy real quick because i ain't trying to ruin no no home damn damn the the Boosie doing it, giving, setting it up for his son to get whatever he got. When we gonna talk about the woman that done it? What's your thoughts on that? Boosie, he got one that's ready to do bestiality for ten racks <laughs> in the front yard. For those that don't know what that is, uh, Boosie told Michael Blackson <laughs> that he had one that was ready to to do something strange for a piece of change with a horse, and I believed him. <laughs> I believe him. I believe him. But it's like... Yeah, of course you do. I mean, I know what they do to me as a nobody for free. So what you think they finna do for Boosie? Whatever that man wants. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, what does it say about a woman that's willing to do whatever to an underage child? And it's like, I can't even see... It ain't even a, a pleasurable moment. You just doing it. It's almost like mind control, is it not? To my boosie over the woman? Yeah. Or any woman that's willing to do that. Like, like you need money that bad to where you're willing to, to do all of that? Well, I'm, well, I'm saying a lot of them probably do it for free. You ain't got to pay them. Man, we talking about kids, dog. I understand, but being who he is, there's a lot that would do whatever for free just because he is who he is. That's fair, too. Because you go to these concerts and they just lined up. Ready to roll. I seen my idol in Houston, Texas. Too short. Did a concert. I brought my ticket front row at Short's concert. <laughs> the show is over. Too short. Come back to the mic. He said, I need six nasty bitches to come back to the... Didn't exact words. Six nasty bitches to come get in the limo 
and come back to the hotel. Me, me, take me. And they drug six nasties onto the stage. They went backstage and left with two shorts. He said that's your idol. So now we, ladies and gentlemen, now we have the explanation. <laughs> Man, Too Short was the man growing up. I, I, I remember I listened to my first Too Short album at 4-H camp, nine years old. And then you brought all that home and poisoned my mind. Too Short, AMG. I stole it out of daddy's car. Let's see, look. <laughs> out of his tape box, like this. Oh, you trying to put your daddy in that, in that boosty conversation, man? Don't do that. Listen to it one day. He might listen to you, but I'm sorry, Daddy. Trail didn't take your tape. I know you thought Trail took it. I took it. <laughs> now, Trail they, now they're turning into a confessional. <laughs> you done stole his two short tapes. Oh man. <laughs> That's all before my time, but I remember all the all the cases and uh the cassette cases that was in the cars and this and that. And it, of course I ain't never listened to it until it was coming from you oh but like i said it's just <laughs> and that's what i'm saying is like those are the cycles bro that that we all endure like it just it just repeats itself and until somebody has the stones to say man i ain't gonna put my kids through this it's just gonna keep going on and on and on so now that his son has been exposed to that it ain't no turning back from that you know what i'm saying like he an animal on the prowl now too and we talking about a 16-year-old, so he still got a long, <laughs> a long energetic life. I don't even think he's got to be on the prowl because, I mean, he boosts his son. So them 16, they throwing it at him. But listen to me. So hold on. So so look at it this way. So Boosie's son, 13, 14 years old. Everybody knows who he is. He's going to get approached nine times out of ten by other 13 or 14-year-olds. So now you got two innocent kids engaging in activities that we all know we ain't had no business doing, but that's that's a part of life. Now, I will say that. I'm not going to be that close-minded to say that teenagers are not curious and experiment and do this and do that. And then finally, however old you are, when you start engaging in those activities, then that's just what you do. That's just life. But what I'm saying is, if he's been introduced to a grown woman and the whole point of him being introduced to this grown woman is to teach him the ropes. And I'm, I'm going by what his daddy said, my sons and my nephews, they know what to do. I ain't going to give no details. Cause I don't, I don't want to get too graphic on there. We done kind of <laughs> let loose tonight, but it's cool. But I'm just saying like you expose your son to a grown woman. So what little teenager going to be able to do something for him from, from this day moving forward? And that's what I'm saying, dog. Like, listen to what you're saying, bro. And that's why I'm telling you. I'm like, like that whole, that whole thought process is just crazy to me. It's just crazy. Now this grown woman gonna turn this man out, so he know what he wanna feel like. (laughs) Now he's gonna go back to the 14, 15 year old, and he's gonna use all them tricks on her. Now her head gone. Now she's gonna do everything to make him happy. Well, I need another girl. I need two more girls. And that's what I'm saying, bro. And it's like, that's that's where where do we draw the line in the sand, dog? Because it's like, damn, if if y'all going to make that okay, then shh, 
you almost got to let R. Kelly out. And please don't, whoever listening to this, don't take this as I'm trying to justify what took place and all that. Because again, I don't agree with none of it. But I'm saying that's just where the roles are reversed, is it not? So if you got these little young girls who thinks that they're mature enough to to be ready to handle what it takes to be with an older man and this and that, then what's the difference between an older woman being introduced to a younger boy? And that's where I'm telling you, dog, is is, is double standards in, in all of it. And, of course, it happens everywhere. You know, you even look at the Catholic Church. You got men touching on young little boys and this and that. So it's, 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 is, is it a sickness? I don't know. I don't know. But... It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Ah, poor Boosie. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why CPS ain't came and knocked on the door yet. Because you can't prove it. Hearsay. So now you done told all his sons and nephews to, if they if they ask you about it, it, it never happened. <laughs> no snitching, Takashi69. <laughs> they got your boy Snoop going through the blues, don't they? What's up? Ah, uh, so you ain't been keeping up with what's going on with, with Takashi? No, boy, I tell you, I'm in the work seven straight days. I ain't seen nothing. After this, we'll shut it down. Uh, you are familiar with him telling on everybody, though, right? Of course. So now that he's out, he's he's at home. All last week, Meek Mill and all these rappers made it a point to constantly jump on social media and bash Takashi, call him a rat, quit supporting him, do this and do that. So then, night before last, Takashi made a video, and Suge Knight was accusing Snoop of being an informant. He said, how is it that Snoop done been to prison, get out, he's supposed to be on parole, he get caught with, with guns and drugs and this and that, but yet he's still out here walking free. He's like, he got to be telling on somebody. So Takashi done accused Snoop of being a rat, and Snoop done went off on him. It's been it's been crazy, dude. And it's like, I don't, I don't understand that either because I also feel like that is what's wrong with our culture. Like, we're willing to die behind, quote, unquote, street code. Ain't no weed, <laughs> But I'm saying it's like, what is it about this criminal life that we got to try to protect it at all costs? And I'm like, Snoop is damn near 50 years old, bro. Like, why are you still even trying to go down that road and entertain a little 20-year-old kid? Or even me? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Huh? That's his image. That's his image. You know, he's still active person in, in the entertainment business. So, I mean, he got to speak on you in for life. That's what they say, right? <laughs> you in for life. I mean, I'm, just saying, I'm not saying like the gangster part, but I'm just saying Snoop as 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 an entertainer uh, to some, a role model. But it's like, for me, it's like, I ain't trying to justify that because I ain't no uh, gangster. I ain't no thug. I ain't been a part of no street activities or none of that. But I'm saying like, in this situation, when... This Takashi kid approaches this gang and is like, look, I'm going to provide y'all with, with money, change y'all living situations and this and that. All I want y'all to do is just help me 
portrayed his image? Should they not have known right then and there that this dude ain't about that life? So who do you blame? Who do you blame for him telling on everybody? Like, y'all should have known that from the jump. Like, okay, we gonna help you portray this image, but we definitely ain't finna do nothing illegal with your ass because you ain't never been a part of this circle. And obviously you don't come from this so why are you even they should have known that he was a pretender. But again, as long as as long as he was dishing out money and and letting everybody behind the stages and this and that and they enjoying the lifestyle that he was living, everybody was cool with it. But now when when it's time for the rubber to meet the road and he done told on you, you can't be surprised by that. You knew he wasn't no 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 real OG or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and that's why I'm saying is like now everybody's upset that he's out of prison. He did what he had to do to spare his life from 50 or 60. He was looking at what, 50 years, 60 years. You know, that's even worse. And that's what I'm saying. It's like when it came out that they tried to rob the dude and was, you know, holding his family for ransom or whatever they was doing. Smashing his girlfriend, <laughs> baby mama. Who in their right mind going gonna to take the charges for the same people that try to hurt you. And that's where I'm like, what kind of code are we living by to where you're going to double cross me, but if we go to jail, I'm still supposed to take the charges for you. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying, bro. It's like, I know we done kind of got off topic, but that's where I'm like, for us as a people, that's where we got to figure out what is it that we really trying to get out of life? Because we already know that we got more hurdles in front of us when we're trying to run this race called life, growing up in poverty, growing up in these environments to where you see junkies on the street corners, you see all kind of hustling going on and prostitution and this and that. But yet, instead of us trying to do what it takes to change some of those narratives, of, of course, you can't change them all because, again, the odds are stacked against us. But instead of us just accepting it and continuing on with how everything is, man, this is how the life always been for us. Nah, bro, change some of that. And that's what I'm saying. When I look at Meek Mill and he's like, I'm all about prison reform and giving everybody these second chances in life. But then when this kid gets out, you immediately start attacking this kid, talking about how he ain't sticking to the cold. He's a snitch. He's a rat. He's a this. And I get the whole fact of, man, you putting people behind bars, you taking people's families and destroying them because you telling on each other because you told on them. But it's like you still somebody may listen to what Meek Mill said and go out and do something to Takashi 6 9 You see what I'm saying? Oh, they definitely going to get him. So that's what I'm saying is like, who do you blame for keeping that going? When you're supposed to be this person that's all about change and, and reform and and you're supposed to be shedding this new light on somebody that's done served their time. I'm not saying Takashi served his time because he definitely ain't served think, his time. I don't think Meek is doing it to uh, to to come at Takashi like that. I think Meek is doing it for publicity. His name ain't really buzzing right now. And he know the whole world is going to be looking at Takashi. And so that's going to give him some spotlight. And that's definitely a fair assessment right there because there's a lot of people coming at Takashi. And as soon as they say his name, it instantly becomes a headline. 
And that's why I was like, come on, bro. Like, man, your, your lady just had a new new baby. Y'all just welcomed a new baby into the world. And you sitting around talking about another man who y'all don't even know each other personally, so to speak. Why? Meek just had a baby. Huh? I said Meek just had a baby. Yeah, Meek just had a baby. Like a, maybe a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and I'm like, now you, you got a new new family. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you worried about what somebody else do? And that's what I'm saying. If he calls himself trying to be the voice of the streets, in the voice of the people, then all you can say is, look, we got to turn our backs to this dude and we ain't going to give him no spotlight. But the more you keep talking about him, you just keep his name in the news, bro. He, he wants the spotlight. He got, he got a new baby to feed. You just, said, you just <laughs> told it right there. He got a new mouth to feed. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like, nah, these, these people are well off, so to speak. So what, what are you gaining from that? Especially Snoop. Now I'm like, come on, bro. Like you 50, man. Like, why are you going back and forth? But again, that's that's our culture, so to speak. And that's the part that I wish people would speak on. It's like, talk about <laughs> what we need to do to change some of this stuff, bro. But anyways, good conversation, uh, Emperor Kel. What about the uh I done seen fifty statuses in the last couple of days. What? So what's your answer? To what? Where are you going to drop your son off at? Boosie House or Wade House? <laughs> Where Peyton James going? You putting me on the spot like that? <laughs> Where Peyton James going? Who house I'm going to take him to? <laughs> he going to Boosie or Wade? Oh, man. Look, I just told you, though. It's 1220, man. It's Sunday, man. I can't answer that question. <laughs> I can't answer that I can't answer that question. It's already Sunday, man. Who are you going to spend the week? gonna spend the weekend with? Wade or uh, Boosie? That's that's tough, dog. That's tough. They just going to spend the weekend, right? Yeah. Oh man. After nine, everybody upstairs. It's nine o'clock. I go upstairs. Oh man, that's tough, dog. And that's why I was like, man, it, it ain't fair, man. I understand that that today's society is changing, and a lot of people. Ain't ready to accept that. But it's like, oh, man. That's a whole nother conversation in itself. And it's like... I, I think I'll flip a gasket. I ain't going down that road with you. <laughs> no. I'll flip a gasket. I ain't going down that road with you. I'm trying to get my podcast off the ground. You trying to shut it down. <laughs> I ain't going down that road with you, man. Because I'm going to share this... Uh, when was this? Probably about two years. Jayden was, what, about 14, I believe. So I read a message between him and some of his friends or whatever. So apparently, he received some fellatio at school. So I jumped on his butt as a parent. He said it was just God talk. It didn't happen. But I explained to him the do's and don'ts, and he shouldn't be doing this, and the consequences, and stuff about sex, yada, yada, yada. But kind of deep down, I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> you done hit us with the Kevin Hart, huh? Deep down, cool. <laughs> what she say when she My saw God. it, son? What she say when she saw it, son? <laughs> you done hit us with the Kevin Hart. You so want... I like I said, I didn't let him know that I was okay with it. I, I jumped on his ass, took his phone away. <laughs> Grounded from the Xbox. See, that's a that's a whole nother conversation because I feel like so many people have 
presented so many different angles. And it's like, you have to be able to take yourself out of your own shoes for a minute and just step in the shoes of other people. And when it comes down to that topic of homosexuality, I've seen so many people that's like, why do we care so much? If if we know that we're heterosexual, why does it bother you so much to see somebody else who's happy the way that they are? Like it has no impact on you at all, but yet you care so much. And when I seen people say that, and then you think about it and it's like, I mean, damn, I get it. It ain't got nothing to do with me. Whether I agree with it or disagree with it, that ain't none of my concern because it don't impact me. You see what I'm saying? I just don't want to see it. I don't have a problem with it. I just don't want to see it. <sighs> you definitely trying to get the podcast shut down. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, like, I was saying, actually, it's real crazy because it's, it's kind of like they are forcing it on us. Now, I definitely because agree there. Go ahead. I watch a lot of TV shows. Uh, I'm sitting here working in the evening on the computer. So I'm watching TV, working at the same time. And like every show that I watch, it's men and the women. But they got to have two or three on each show. And and that's why I said a few minutes ago, that's why I was like, times are slowly changing. And I noticed that, that I don't want to necessarily say propaganda, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you saw that shift. And I've told you a million times, like I don't watch a lot of TV for real. Like if it's not sports related, I'm not looking at it. Like I don't, I don't watch the love and hip hops and all of that junk. Like to me, it's garbage. I don't look at it. But back in the day, when I was younger in college and stuff, you remember them shows that used to come on MTV all the time? Uh, was that real life. huh? Real life stuff like that? No, nah, them little shows. What was it called? Like Next. They had the little bus. And oh yeah. That show, and then the show with the parents. Uh, where the parents was choosing their kids next date and you started seeing they was pushing it on those shows and then it started becoming a thing and I was just like man I ain't I was like you like man I ain't I'm not trying to see that like that ain't nothing that I felt needed to be on TV you know what I'm saying cable TV and then before you knew it you start seeing it more and more in movies People were, you know, being open about it. And now it's like they they in the talks of superheroes and, you know what I'm saying, like Disney characters and stuff like that. So it's like that's just something that people are going to have to get accustomed to. Uh, it, it's a lot of them now that they saying that's in the making. Uh, what's the little chick from? Uh, I haven't seen that one, but uh, the little chick from Thor, the little black chick. They was all on the horses, huh? Right. I know you're talking about. They was trying to say that maybe her and like Captain Marvel or uh, you know another Marvel character, but they would be lesbian. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm telling you, dude. I thought I read an article. They get ready to write a new Spider-Man script or something. They gonna make Spider-Man have a a male partner. And that's what I'm saying. It's like to us, and then we gonna leave this alone because I ain't. I, I'm not going down that road. It's like to. You know, I mean, it's you do what you do. That's you. I don't hate it. But hear me out, though. Hear me out. Hear me out. Let, let me get my thought off. What I'm saying is, to us, it's not the norm, so it makes us 
uncomfortable. But you also got to understand that for people that are homosexual, they also deserve a comfort zone, do they not? They also should have the ability to go see movies that show similarities to how they think and feel, right? Is that not being fair? If they did make a new Spider-Man and the script was catered to him having a, a male partner, if that's not your interest, then just don't go see it, right? Right. right. So that's what I'm saying. It's like society is trying to become more receptive to the idea of, hey, we have another community of people that we're trying to welcome them into the rest of the world with everybody else and not necessarily make them an outcast to the point to where you got to suppress how you really feel. And if they're able to come out and be open about it, then they should be able to do that without feeling threatened by people who don't think that that's a norm. And that's why I'm saying to you, and we can close it off with this. That's why I'm saying like people make fun of the whole little D-Way boosie situation. But after thinking about it, it's like, dog, that's that man's son. He can't disown his son for how his, I ain't gonna say son no more. I'll be respectful and say his daughter. You, you can't ask that man to disown his daughter because she doesn't, think like we think. You know what I'm saying? I hear what you <laughs> You may be disappointed if your son came up to you and said, Dad, I, I got a new boyfriend. You may be disappointed. But surely to God, you ain't gonna take your son. He ain't invited to, to Christmas dinner. Hell. Surely to God, that ain't gonna be the case. I said, no, nah, I wouldn't tell him he couldn't come to dinner. So that's what I'm saying. And that's why I'm like, that's, that's his family. Now, granted, I feel like they shouldn't have introduced that to the world. The world wouldn't have known that until they actually put it out there. So since they put it out there, then, your phone going in there. I can't hear you say that again. I said, hey, there's uh, cameras and, and photographers and, and uh, the little media people. They just found some shots. I mean, they've been giving us shots. They've been showing them at different parades and you saw that the child was, was dressing different. And then you start putting two to two and two together and you see where D way got the fingernail polish and the toe polish and stuff like that. And it's like, at the end of the day, his job as a father is to try to do whatever's in the best interest of his kids. Now you turn your child away. You're, you're going to push your child into depression or suicidal thoughts and things of that nature just because he or she is not what you thought they would turn out to be. And that's something that we don't have no control over. So that's what I'm saying. It's like we we have our own selfish agenda, but at the end of the day, it's really not about us. You have no control over what your kids choose to do with his or her preferences. I mean, I'm, I'm completely worried. I mean... So that's what I'm saying. It's like we can laugh and joke about who house you gonna let your son go to, but at the end of the day, it's like that's why I'm like, nah, I ain't, I ain't gonna go down that road because it's still a sensitive subject. Until the rest of the world is willing to accept that, that's a sensitive subject. It really is. But good conversation, man. Let Jane go to Boosie for a thousand. Boosie, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my poor nephew. 
my poor nephew. But like, look, you just already said he was already uh getting uh getting blessed at school already, so he'll he'll fit in just fine at Boosie House. He might already done been over. <laughs> he might already been over. But anyways, man, I appreciate you dropping in on the podcast with me, man. No competition, I'm Nisha Coastal. Yeah, I feel so high.